This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast World Series Best Bets Special Edition. I'm Colin Whitchurch, joined today by our MLB betting experts, Sean Zarillo and BJ Cunningham. As a reminder, all odds today are courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. Guys, we finally made it after months of blood, sweat, and tears, I guess kind of by the teams, but more importantly by us while we're gambling, we finally reached the World Series. Astros versus Braves, starting Tuesday night, 8.08 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. The Astros, minus 145 favorites against the Braves at plus 120 underdogs. How pumped are you guys to finally be here at the end of the road? Yeah, I mean, it's, this has been a great playoff so far. Um, a little disappointed in my Red Sox. I uh, just decided to stop hitting uh, after three games. But, you know, I mean, we have pretty much the the AL favorite uh, coming in, the Astros. And then we have the underdog story with the uh, Braves. So let's see if they can finally break the Atlanta curse uh, and bring a championship home to uh, to Atlanta. Oh, and I'm just really relieved. I had futures on every AL team except for Boston and futures on the NL teams except for the Dodgers and the Giants. So my worst case scenario was a Dodgers Red Sox or a Giants Red Sox World Series, and we managed to avoid either of those teams getting in there. So definitely feeling much better than I was a couple of weeks ago, sweating out all these futures and just hoping something came through for me. Yeah, the Red Sox scored 24 runs in six games, but they just decided to score 18 of them in two. So (laughs) not good uh, run dispersion from Boston. We do have, despite the fact that Atlanta is kind of a surprise to be here, I think they had the fewest wins of any NL playoff team, uh, including the Cardinals, I believe, even with with their late season run. Despite that, we still have a really awesome matchup. The Braves... And Astros have a really fascinating matchup with the Braves actually holding a pitching advantage, which I wouldn't have expected probably coming into the season. But with Lance McCullers Jr. injury, it's Charlie Morton, it's Ian Anderson, it's Max Fried. Uh, and these guys have been electric all playoffs long. So plus 120 is, is very intriguing. Zerillo, I'm going to start with you with your projections. Do you see value in the series price on either side where do the lines mesh with your projections? Yeah, I don't. I, I made Houston 55% here, so about minus 122 implied. So I'd say Atlanta is closer to being the quote-unquote value side of the equation. Probably need plus 133 or better in order to just show straight money line value on them. But I do see some value on the Braves in the prop market. Them to win in exactly seven games projected that at 15%. So about plus 567. You can bet them around plus 600 on that wager that's a edge of less than one percent so you i mean you're talking about a margin of error in terms of the value but i definitely do see value in that prop the way i would actually prefer to play them is the plus 1.5 games now i project how many 
percentage points I give each team of winning in a certain amount of games. And you can take that math and combine it to figure out series spreads, exact number of games that the series will have, et cetera. So the Braves plus one and a half games, either they win the series or losing game seven projected that at 62% minus 163 implied. You can bet that at minus 155. So about 1.2% in terms of a projected value edge there. Uh, and I do see this being a long series, potentially getting to a game seven. And I definitely think Atlanta has a chance to win giving their pitchers. So Braves plus one and a half games, minus 155, as opposed to the series money line. I think that's how I'd go about playing it. Braves plus one and a half is the best bet. It's very interesting. I really like it. The thing that fascinates me most about this matchup, I mentioned the Braves pitching. The Braves pitching completely shut down LA's offense for the most part in the NLCS. The Astros faced probably the other best pitching team in baseball on their path to the playoffs. We saw them against the White Sox, against Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, and Lucas Giolito, and they wiped the floor with them. BJ, do you see the same thing happening? Is there is are the Astros is the Astros offense just too good for this Braves pitching staff, or is there more value in the Braves line with the underdogs because their pitching staff matches up better? Yeah, I think the pitching uh, starting pitching matchup is pretty close to even. Yeah, I would give the Braves uh, a slight edge. You know, losing McCullers for the Astros is it's a big loss because not only was he their best pitcher, but he's a heavy sinker ball guy, and Atlanta really struggles against sinkers. So. Uh, Houston's offense, I mean, they're good against both left and right-handed pitching. They were number one in Major League Baseball and way runs created plus against uh, both lefties and righties. Uh, Atlanta's not that great against left-handed pitching, uh, but they're pretty good against righties. So from a series price perspective, I do like Atlanta to win. I agree with Zerillo that Atlanta to win, you know, 4-3 or 4-2, I think does have some value. But for me, I think I'm going to try and wait until after game one and potentially get Atlanta at a better Serious price because the matchup against Framber Valdez, and we'll talk about it when we get into game one, is not great for Atlanta. So I do think there may be an opportunity to wait until after game one and you can get Atlanta at a much better price uh, than you would before the series. So, you know, if you can find Atlanta at plus 140 or better, I think I'd play that. But outside of that, I think I'm just kind of waiting until after game one. And if the Astros win, then I'm probably going to end up betting uh, the Braves series price to win the World Series. Well, let's transition right into game one then, because that's a great pitching matchup. You mentioned Valdez against big game Chuck, Charlie Morton, um, you know, the former Astro, the World Series hero for the Astros a couple of years ago. We have Braves at plus 105 underdogs in the opener in Houston, the Astros minus 130 favorites. BJ, you were just talking about it. So you like Houston here, basically, and then you're looking to jump on the Braves series price. Is that right? Yeah, so this is this game one is about the worst possible matchup that the Braves could have hoped for because Atlanta was not good against left-handed pitching. Only 93 weighted runs created plus for the season, which was 25th in Major League Baseball. And the one pitch that they struggle against is sinkers. And Atlanta had a negative 17.7 run value against sinkers. And their best hitter against sinkers this season was Ronald Acuna, who is not in the lineup with a torn ACL. And Framber Valdez is a heavy sinker ball pitcher, and he's also a lefty. So since he goes to a sinker 51.8% of the time and has a ridiculously high 70.3% ground ball rate, it's a horrible matchup for Atlanta. Now they're had the sixth lowest ground ball rate in Major League Baseball, so it's kind of a contrasting to see if they can maybe lift some of those balls uh, maybe out of the park or into the air. 
Um, but Valdez's main secondary pitch is a curveball. This is by far his best pitch, uh, only allowing a 153 expected batting average. But Atlanta is pretty good against curveballs, fifth in Major League Baseball this season. Valdez wasn't that great uh, in his you know two starts, 15 and thirds innings. You know, gave up seven earned runs, 1.4 WHIP. Uh, so. It's not a great matchup for Atlanta. Charlie Morton has been pitching much better in the postseason than Framber Valdez has been. You know, he uh, didn't pitch well against the Dodgers in game five, but, you know, he does throw a curveball and it's pretty good. You know, opponent, <laughs> I think opponents are only hitting like 150 against it this season and has over like a 40% whiff rate. And the Astros, that's the one pitch that they struggle against, you know, negative 1.9 run value against curveballs this season, which was 23rd in Major League Baseball. So, um, it's a very interesting matchup. I think, uh, I'm kind of looking towards playing the under in this game. I think the over-under is at eight right now with, uh, or no, actually eight and a half, sorry, uh, minus 115. So I'm going under eight and a half runs at minus 115 because I think both starting pitchers do have a decent matchup against the opposing offenses. I love backing big game, Charlie Morton, and I'm actually kind of upset to see him at plus 105. I was hoping to get uh, a little better juice there. Um, you, you mentioned Valdez, though, and how he's kind of been up and down this postseason, but he was fantastic in his last start against Boston. I, it was probably the best start of the entire postseason outside of, you know, Logan Webb uh, for the Giants uh, in that one start against the Dodgers with eight innings, I think one earned run allowed, five strikeouts. So we that is the Valdez that we know he's capable of being Zerillo. I know you've always been a big Valdez fan at minus one thirty. Do you see value in him in game one, or do you think Morton and the Braves are being undervalued? I actually don't see value on either side of the game. One money liner total made the first five inning line at minus minus one twenty four for Houston full game minus one nineteen totals 4.3 and 8.3. So no projected value on either side of the money liner total, unfortunately for game one, because I would like to get involved. That said, I think BJ mentioned and highlighted the two pitches, which are the keys in this matchup, Morton's curveball and Valdez's sinker. You talked about Colin Valdez having more success in his last start against the Red Sox. Houston changed the way that they were approaching pitching the Red Sox lineup late in the series, which is what helped shut them down. Martin Baldonado, Brett Strom got together. The Astros pitching coach figured out to start attacking the Red Sox hitters with fastballs aggressively. Valdez only threw sinkers and curveballs in his last start, completely put away his changeup. Same goes for Luis Garcia. They actually fixed the uh, mechanical tweaks that he had, which was what causing was his knee soreness in his yeah. first start of that series as well. He hit 97, 97 miles an hour four times in his most recent start. It was harder than he's thrown all season. So the Astros pitchers definitely seem to be fine-tuned coming in. To the World Series, unfortunately, they just only have two starting pitchers. So it's going to be very reliant on these guys to get them through the series and get innings. Uh, Valdez's sinker is an absolutely nasty pitch. The Braves, it looks to me in the stats like the Braves tend to focus on secondary pitches and just sort of live with the results that they get on fastballs. If they happen to get on the fastball, that's fine. Otherwise, they're really not going to worry about it because they've ranked poorly against fastballs both early in the year and late in the season after the trade deadline. Pretty much crush all secondary stuff. Very good against curveball. So if Valdez is success with his sinker, it's going to be a really tough night for this Braves lineup. We'll mention MVPs in a second, but I think Valdez is definitely live in that market as well. Looking at the Astros hitters, they don't give you much. They don't swing outside the zone, hardly at all. 
Uh, they take a lot of called strikes. So they force you to put the ball in the zone. Charlie Morton kind of needs those swing and misses over the top of this curveball. BJ mentioned the Astros have struggled a little bit with curveballs this season, but Yuli Gurriel, Alex Bregman, two guys who hit them really well. Michael Brantley can sit on that fastball. So I think the Astros actually have a decent matchup here in game one. Don't have a bet on the money liner total. Maybe looking to go over on Valdez's strikeouts under on Morton's or potentially some over total bases props on guys like Brantley, Gurriel, or Bregman. Yeah, the I we, we keep coming back to the pitching, and you guys have you guys have uh, summarized it really well. The thing that I can't get past with Houston's offense, you know, if the Braves are going to win the World Series, they're going to have to get through probably the two most dangerous offenses in baseball. They did it with the Dodgers. Now they've got to do it with the Astros. The biggest difference is against the Dodgers. Well, first of all, the Dodgers obviously weren't at full strength. Um, not to not to overlook what what the Braves did. It was obviously very impressive. But the Brave, the Dodgers' biggest weakness all season long was sitting left-handed pitching. And the Braves have a lot of left-handed pitching with Max Fried in the bullpen. Uh, even we saw what Drew Smiley did in spot work. Will Smith's a lefty. Tyler Matzik's a lefty. A.J. Minter's a lefty. The Astros are good against both sides, but the Astros crush lefties. And most of the Braves' key relievers are left-handed. And they're probably first or second best starting pitcher is left-handed. So that's just something that has been tough for me to get past as someone who wants to back the Braves because they're plus money, not necessarily in game one, but for the series as a whole, if they fall behind a one with Valdez against Charlie Morton, then you're going to have a lefty and freed on the mound in game two. And yeah, they'll have an edge over probably Luis Garcia or Jose or overall, but how do they get past that? How, you know, are we going to see more Chris Martin, more Jesse Chavez, more Luke Jackson, who we saw give up the big homer to Cody Bellinger, uh, Zarilla, the, the bullpens, what do you see there? Um, you know, I know you run the numbers, you have the spreadsheet, you mark them all rested or, or not rested. Where do you see the bullpen edges going in this series? Actually really close, but you're talking about the Braves being largely left-handed. So they have freed, if three key relievers in that bullpen and Minter, Matzik, and Will Smith, but they also have Ian Anderson in their rotation, and he's a very changeup heavy guy with reverse splits. So effectively, even though he's a right-handed pitcher, he actually functions more like a left-hander. So that only adds to Houston's boost in terms of the offensive support in this matchup. They have been the best team against left-handed pitching now pretty much every year dating back to 2017, 2016. I mean, at the top of the splits leaderboards against lefties almost every year, Michael Brantley struggles left on left, but Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker both have as good of splits against lefties as they do against righties. And then you throw in all the other fantastic right-handed bats in that lineup, Martin Maldonado really being the only hole down in the nine spot. And this Astros team crushes lefties first in WRC plus against righties as well but this offense is a complete handful. I don't know if I love the matchups for the Braves bullpen, given the fact that the Astros have a couple of left-handed bats of their three who hit lefties. Well, I don't really know how much they're going to get neutralized on paper. I have these two bullpens projected as pretty much the same in terms of overall quality in this series might give a little bit more depth to the Astros. And I think Dusty Baker has done a fantastic job mixing and matching his guys. That goes back to the ALCS last year when they were down 3-0 against the Raves and managed to come all the way back and force a game seven. 
Dusty was just really aggressive with his bullpen usage. We've seen it continue into this postseason. So don't necessarily give an advantage to either team, but perhaps in terms of manager usage, I think I trust Dusty Baker a little bit more to get guys in and out of the game. Really interesting to see how the bullpens are used throughout this series because we get into game four, it's who knows what it's going to be. If it's going to be Huskar and Noah for the Braves, or if it's going to be Zach Rinke facing the lineup once and then going maybe to Christian Javier. But as we get deeper in this series, I mean, Zerillo will be on this, but really seeing how tired the bullpens are when we get to game six and seven, I think is really going to be a key in who's actually going to win this World Series because of, you know, how short these both these teams are on starting pitching. It's basically three starting pitchers for each team and then the bullpen. So uh, it'll be a very interesting to see as we go throughout the series. And we'll also see if, you know, potentially in game one, which starting pitcher can go longer and keep their bullpen a little bit rested. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely fascinating. Bullpen usage, especially for data nerds like us, is always is always something to keep an eye on. And how Dusty and Snicker, they both have done a fantastic job all postseason. Snicker may have made a few minor missteps and the NLCS didn't cost him, but Dusty's been lights out. And it's really tough not to root for Dusty. <laughs> uh, you know, I know that the Astros are kind of public enemy number one right now, but but seeing Dusty get a ring would be great. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Let's jump over to kind of our last segment here and my favorite way to bet the World Series every year. That's World Series MVPs. To put it bluntly, betting World Series MVPs is a fool's errand because there's so much volatility. You have no idea what's going to happen. I love pointing back to the last Red Sox World Series when Steve Pierce won World Series MVP. I believe he was 66 to 1 to win that year. I only remember that because I bet him. Sorry to gloat, but World Series MVP this year is, again, very interesting because it reflects the series price in that most of the favorites are Astros. The Astros are favored, so most of the favorites are Astros. Jose Altuve checks in as the favorite at plus 900. Behind him, you have Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez at plus 1,000. Alex Bregman plus 1,100, and that's when you get to our first brave, 
the reigning National League MVP, Freddie Freeman, at plus 1,100. Uh, going far, a little further down there, Carlos Correa, 1,200. Kyle Tucker, 1,400. NLCS MVP, Eddie Rosario, 1,400. And then our first pitcher, Max Freed, plus 1,600, along with Austin Riley. BJ, I'll start with you. It's a really big odds board. Where do you see the value? Just in general, betting a starting pitcher to win the World Series MVP. It's only happened four times since 2003. Josh Beckett with the Marlins in 2003. Cole Hamels in 2008 with the Phillies. Madison Bumgarner 2014 with the Giants. And Steven Strasburg 2019 with the Nationals. So really it's got to be a front-end starter when who wins both of his starts and potentially maybe even comes in later in the series out of the bullpen to secure it. And you really have to be the best player you know, basically on the field and has to be a low scoring world series. So betting starting pitching, and especially, I don't know if going back in history, I know it hasn't happened since 2000 of betting a reliever to win. I I don't know if it's ever happened before, but so I'm kind of staying away from all the pitchers in the series because outside of maybe Framber Valdez, I don't see like a front end number one starter that's going to pull off, you know, what those four guys did in their world series. So for me, I like Yuli Gurriel at 27 to one. Uh, he's been hitting the ball really well this postseason, 13 hits in 10 games, uh, but 11 of those are singles. And that's mainly how he won the batting title for the AL this season. Um, but he did put up pretty good numbers, 363 weighted on base average, 134 weighted runs carry plus. But what makes Gurriel such a tough hitter is that, first of all, he has a really low strikeout rate, only 11.2% on the season, which is second behind Brantley uh, on the Astros. And he doesn't have any weaknesses from a pitch mix standpoint, he's got positive run values against every single pitch type. And he hits both lefties and righties well over 300 average and 350 weighted on base average against both. So at that price of 27 to one uh, for a guy who's been hitting ball that well, I think that's uh, just an unbelievable price uh, for world and world series MVP. I love, I love the Gurriel pick as well. Uh, it's actually interesting. You went back to 2000 to look for relievers who have won world series MVP. If you went back one more year to the last time the Braves were in the world series, oh, Mariano no. Rivera, the greatest closer of all time was world series MVP. <laughs> in 1999. Um, the thing that I always find interesting when betting world series MVP too, is seeing the odds jacked up for the LCS MVPs. Uh, Eddie Rosario's 1400. I think that uh, if you had guessed what his World Series MVP price would have been before the NLCS, it probably would have been in the plus 4000 range, uh, just spitballing. Jordan Alvarez, obviously, plenty of expectation there as one of the favorites. Um, I wouldn't have guessed this, though, but there's plenty of history of LCS MVPs also winning World Series MVP. Corey Seager did it just last year. Uh, Bumgarner did it in 2014. David Freeze did it in 2011. And then Hamels, who you mentioned also in 2008. So there, there's plenty of evidence of carryover performance. So I wonder, Zerillo, if you look at someone like Rosario, someone like Alvarez and say, yeah, these guys are going to carry it over. There's good value here. Or if you're looking at one of the favorites or a little further down the odds board. Yeah, I actually love what BJ did. And, you know, most of the guys you mentioned, Colin, I think the odds are just a bit too inflated. Everybody's kind of in that that nine to one to 12 to one to 15 to one range. All of the quote unquote offensive stars or established offensive guys on these teams, except for two. And those are Ozzy Albies and Yuli Gurriel, guys who are going to get regular at bats or very important cogs in their lineup. BJ mentioned Gurriel, so I won't fully go into it. But I do think the Braves are going to try to key on those left-handed bats in the Astros lineup throughout the series. We mentioned their left-handed relievers. We mentioned Max Freed, Ian Anderson, all of whom neutralized lefty bats. 
Well, you, Gary L hits lefties just as well as he hits righties. BJ mentioned he puts the ball in play a ton. So I just think there's a lot of reasons to support him at an inflated price. I don't really get the price on Ozzy Albies at all. I think he should be priced closer to his offensive teammates like Rosario and Freeman. This guy had an epic year, the youngest second baseman ever to put up a 3,100 season, 77 extra base hits, 20 stolen bases. He does absolutely everything. He's just having a poor postseason, I believe a 630 OPS. So he's getting underpriced based upon his postseason, not based upon the numbers he's capable of putting up. So I really like Albies on the Braves side. BJ mentioned a pitcher. Now 29 of, I believe, 68 World Series MVPs since 1955, which is when the World Series started or World Series MVP started, have been pitchers. Three of those have been closers. 12 of the first 14 were pitchers. The rate has obviously declined since. But if you are a starter who can pitch three times in one series, you are absolutely in line for winning the award. That is the case with Robert Valdez. I know I love this guy and I have just some extra fanboy in, in me in terms of wanting to back him, but I really think it does line up well, considering what the Astros need from a pitcher usage perspective throughout the series to get through it. If he pitches three times in this series and ends up winning two of those games, I think he's a very good chance of winning the award. So Framber Valdez, the one pitcher who I'd look at. Then my wild card shot, that would be Jorge Soler. Missed the NLCS after getting diagnosed with COVID, but during the NLDS, he was getting lead off for the Braves, was playing over Jock Peterson. In the second half, after he got traded to the Braves, basically homered at a 38 home run pace, WRC plus, well over 100. I think it was at 134. So Horace Solaire, if he gets the playing time, he will probably DH or play the outfield in the American League Park. And he might, if he's hitting well, get back into the lineup in the NL Park. Bit of a wild card because you don't know playing time for certain, but Jorge Soler at big juicy odds. If he's hitting leadoff for the Braves, that's definitely a ticket you'd want to have. Yeah, Soler is definitely fascinating. And I'm I'm with you that I, I can't figure out this Ozzy Albies number. I'm like, this is the second best player on the Braves, basically, uh, at 30 to 1. That's insane. But I could say that about a lot of Braves because their odds are so far down. It's like you could just see any one of these guys getting hot and winning World Series. You yeah. know, I mentioned Steve Pierce earlier, and I, I'm looking at Adam Duvall at 30 to 1, too. And I'm like, the Astros don't have a lot of lefties. He doesn't hit lefties. Uh, this dude just runs into three home runs. All of a sudden, he's World Series MVP. Um, you mentioned Solaire, Dansby Swanson at 40 to 1, even Travis Darno at 50 to 1. I'm like, there's no reason any of these guys couldn't just run into one. But in, in terms of Astros, I mean, I like to bet at least one guy on each side going in. And in terms of Astros, it's like, I don't see any better value than, than probably Gurriel, who you both mentioned 25 to one. He's like the lowest odds of any regular, unless you want to bet on, you know, Jake Myers or Maltin Maldonado at 66 to one. So um, great stuff here. I'm, I'm going to be writing a, a full article on, on my favorite world series MVP picks, which people can check out on the action network.com as well. Um, so we've got our, our series price we've got our game one price we've got our world series mvps so as we wrap things up i'm just going to put you guys on the spot here and say what is your official world series prediction who wins how many games zarillo i'm gonna go with the astros in seven i just like the way that the matchups work out for them getting to face basically a number of lefties or effectively lefties in this series with two of their three lefty bats happening to hit lefties well, I think the matchups just work out in their favor. BJ. 
Yeah, I'm actually in agreement. Astros in seven games. I think the Framber Valdez is going to be so key in this series, given how Atlanta just really struggles against lefties. So um, if the Braves can get to seven games, I'm sure Houston will roll Valdez out there and let it pitch as long as he can. So I agree, Astros in seven games, and then there'll be a huge cheating scandal in like nine days after the World Series. Astros in seven for the record, plus 450 at MGM. I think it's going to be Astros in six. I'm... I want the Braves to win this series. Astros in six is plus 400. Uh, for all the reasons you guys mentioned, I just, I'm not as big of an optimist as you guys that we're going to get a full seven games that we deserve. So that'll wrap things up for us. Hope everyone enjoys the World Series on behalf of Sean Zarillo and BJ Cunningham. I'm Colin Whitchurch. Good luck with your bets and enjoy the MLB World Series.